Josh Centers, the managing editor of Titbits in this segment. A little bit later, you'll be hearing from Rob Pegarero. He writes for USA Today, Yahoo Tech, and lots more. Going to be an action-packed episode this week on the Tech Night Out Live. So first up, we have Josh Centers rejoining us with a number of things to discuss. And Apple has been busy, busy like bees this week, with updates. Yeah, they updated uh, iOS, OS ten, and uh, Watch OS even, and they even added some stuff to the uh, the old Apple TV. Okay, so what was added to the old Apple TV? They added three channels. They're all kind of interesting. The first one is uh, CBS. The, the the bad thing about it though is it only works with uh, this new CBS subscription service. I think it costs something like six or seven bucks a month, but. For that, you, you can watch a large backlog of old CBS shows, and you can, uh, in some markets, you can even watch live TV, um, even including sporting events. So some people might find that interesting. Uh, the NBC app I actually like quite a bit. It claims it needs a cable activation because, of course, uh, NBC is owned by Comcast now. But uh, in my experience, it worked fine without it, and it lets you watch uh, recent episodes of NBC shows. Like, for instance, uh, my wife and I love The Blacklist. You know, we DVR that every week. If we miss an episode or something, we can go and watch it on there. And and there's minimal commercials, so it's pretty nice um, so far. third one's kind of interesting, and it's an Apple TV exclusive. It's called M2M, and it's, it's a fashion-focused channel. So those of us in the Apple sphere who have a hard time under, uh, following this uh, sort of fashion angle that uh, Apple's pursuing now, I guess we can watch that and uh, and catch up on all that. Just thinking here about NBC moving back to NBC. Have you watched Blind Spot? No, is that a is that a pretty good show? Well, this is one of the highest rated shows of the new TV season. And it's about this woman who is found in I guess a duffel bag in the middle of Times Square. She's wearing no clothing, but her entire body is filled with tattoos. And one of them names an FBI agent. So, of course, what do they do? They go to that FBI agent and they say, do you know this person? That's how the thing starts. And by the way, the person who is the FBI agent is an actor, Sullivan Stapleton, an Australian actor who played in Strike Back on Cinemax about spies. Hmm. All right. Yeah, I saw the uh, I saw the promos and it looked kind of interesting. It, it, it's, it seems very much in the same league as The Blacklist. Uh, you know, you have a mysterious person suddenly showing up to the FBI and... Uh, you know, and hijinks ensue. And when that person is James Spader is on the blacklist, you know he's going to chew the scenery with the best of them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I didn't think I liked that show. It's, it seemed kind of, I don't know, network TV is always kind of cheesy. But, it, you know, it's, I can't say it's a great show, but it's, very, it's consistently entertaining. And he's a lot of fun in it. To explain what all these shows are about, 
It's just just too involved. Anyway, that's NBC. CBS, of course, has Supergirl. Are you going to see Supergirl? Yeah, I, th- I think I'll give it a chance. It, it looks interesting. It is certainly interesting to have kind of a a fresh superhero show on regular network TV. Right now, the main superhero shows are Arrow and Flash on the CW, which yeah, has a much smaller audience. Yeah, it's my understanding that um, I, I don't know if they share the same universe, but I know some of the same people who did uh, Arrow and the Flash were involved with Supergirl. So. It's the same production team. Yeah, yeah. Featuring, of course, Greg Berlante, who, by the way, I think he's also involved in Blind Spot. He also does Mysteries of Laura on NBC, The Flash, Arrow, Supergirl. You know, this guy's got a lot of stuff. I don't know how one guy can manage, you know, half a dozen TV shows. You know, it's funny. It seems like uh, there's just certain people in entertainment who just have all the talent, like, you know, J.J. Abrams, who rebooted uh, Star Trek and now he's doing Star Wars. Uh, You know, uh, like John Hughes, you know, of course, made all kinds of amazing movies. Let me ask you, Gene, speaking of the superhero thing, this has been kind of bugging me lately. Have you watched that Heroes Reborn show? I don't know if you ever followed the original Heroes. Yes, it's the same guy who created Crossing Jordan. Tim Kring Mm -hmm. also did Heroes. Now we have Heroes Reborn, which is a short series that takes place several years after the original. And I don't know that's any better. Because Heroes started out beautifully in the first season, and then it went off the rails. Yep. This is kind of like in the middle. It's not the worst of Heroes. It's not the best. It's kind of in the middle, where we're dealing with the consequences of the discovery of people with strange powers. Yeah, I I watched the uh, there was like a two hour uh, intro to it, and it just it just didn't suck me in. But you know, here's the interesting thing I learned. I, I finally figured out what what went wrong with Heroes. The first season of Heroes had Brian Fuller involved with it. Who, um, if you've ever seen Pushing Daisies or uh, Hannibal, which oh man, Hannibal that was an amazing show on NBC. Uh, but he was behind those, and then he left sometime in season one, and it's never been as good. And so I'm thinking Brian Fuller is one of those kind of guys who you know just everything he touches is good. Although people don't t- tend to watch his shows, unfortunately. Well, that was the problem with Hannibal. Of course, Hannibal could be a bloody show it was surprisingly i don't know how how they got away with what they did i mean it, it in some ways it was more adult than some of the stuff on hbo now consider this the actors they had there the fellow who played hannibal is an actor who appeared in the reboot of casino royale the daniel craig james bond film he played the villain we have Lawrence fishburne of course we have hugh dancy who was a british actor playing an American, you probably have not heard of him, but he's married to Claire Danes, the star of Homeland. And in the first season, we also see Lawrence Fishburne with his dying wife, played by his real-life wife, Gina Torres, who, of course, is one of the Firefly babes, as some of you recall. So we're looking about all that connection. And Gillian Anderson appeared for a couple of seasons in Hannibal, but again, was very bloody. It's based on the novels. You know, you think of Hannibal, you think of Silence of the Lambs and Sir Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster. But they are based on novels. Uh, well, you know, I, I'm a huge Hannibal Lecter fan. I've, I've read all the novels. I've seen all the movies and stuff. And, you know, uh, I can honestly say that Hannibal, the NBC show, is 
the best adaptation. And they, they changed a lot of stuff from the books, but it's it's just such a great adaptation. Um, I'm a huge uh, proponent of the show, and it's um, the first two seasons are on Amazon uh, Prime Video. So if you have that, or if you know you just want to get them on iTunes, and, and you're a fan of uh, Silence of the Lambs or any of that stuff, oh man, it's such an incredible show. It's 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 really good. It, it takes the whole pro, you know procedural crime drama and just turns it on its head. But understand, it's bloody. I mean, people really get torn up in ways we don't want to describe. And you always see (laughs) Hannibal preparing a meal, wondering who is in that meal. Because that's the kind of show it is. It's an incredibly gory show. I mean, it's it's gorier than anything I've ever seen on HBO. I I have to give NBC credit because it was never a highly rated show. And it was an extremely graphic show. So I I give them credit for airing it for, for three seasons, for, for as long as they did. Yeah, just, an, I, I love that. That's one of my favorite shows ever. You know, I, I think it's better than Breaking Bad, even. There are lots of interesting TV concepts, trying all sorts of things. And that's one of them. It's nice also to have the superheroes, the DC superheroes coming. Arrow and Flash, especially Flash, is doing very well. Supergirl, will be heard on the 26th of October. It comes to CBS. And some people may have already seen unofficially the pilot episode. It was also on display at Comic-Con in San Diego and New York. So a lot of people have seen it. It's gotten incredible reviews. And the woman who plays Supergirl is an alum from Glee. She's actually a very good singer. Her name is Melissa Benoist. And she can be funny and cute. And Jeb Bush, the presidential candidate said she's hot. <laughs> can you believe Jeb Bush? I have no idea. We have Josh Centers. We can believe him. I'm Gene Steinberg. We're doing pop culture for a few moments on the Tech Night Out Live. If your Mac has slowed down or isn't performing like it used to, there's a smart alternative to buying a new machine thanks to OWC. With easy do-it-yourself upgrades for every Mac, OWC has what you need to get the most from your computer. From memory and SSDs to ultra-fast external storage, take it from me. You'll discover all the ways you can upgrade your Mac today at MacSales.com. That's MacSales.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids. It's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Earthquake, floods, winter storms, prolonged power outages, or war. Each of us have had that moment when we recognize that we need to be better prepared. We typically do the same thing. We start with food storage, then we address the need for water. But have you considered heat storage? I'm talking about staying warm in the cold. Here are some things for you to consider. How will I keep my family warm? The standard answers are firewood, coal, or propane, but the problem with that if you need to be on the move is you can't take it with you. Another concern? There may come a time when you need to stay warm without smoke, like in times of war. There may even come a time when you can't burn fuel. The answers may be simpler and less costly than you think. For these answers, go to FortressClothing.com. Again, FortressClothing.com has the answers to your heat storage dilemma. Don't get stuck in the cold. 
FortressClothing.com. You'll never be cold again. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Hi there, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie Guy. And we're looking in this time of terrible financial crash, terrible meltdown of the medical system, we're looking to pay people obscene amounts of money if you become a student of our business at Longevity, We will help you actually take care of people better than the medical system has. Think about it. We spend more money in America for health care than all the other 218 nations the world put together, and they can't even solve weight loss problems. I mean, the medical system can have a total mental brain fart, and if you do this, you will be able to save an enormous amount of people from being overweight, being obese. They don't even know what causes obesity. Believe me, we know what causes obesity. In the medical system, they think it's from eating too much. It's not from eating too much. It's actually a mineral deficiency. Do you solve a iron deficiency anemia with a bone marrow transplant? That's what they think. Do you solve a mineral deficiency that causes obesity with a gastric bypass? That's dumber than a stump. Contact us at GCNminerals.com. Learn how to lose weight, look good, and save yourselves a gob of money. A lot of people's lives and bodies are out of balance. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops optimize pH level and get rid of harmful waste and acid. Just a few drops in water restores vibrance and energy and gets you back in balance. Now order two bottles and get $10 off your order. Sign up for monthly auto shipping and save 25%. Call 800-518-7615 or visit alkavision.com. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at alkavision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We do have that other feature called Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com. You get the ad-free version of this show. We just started up the Tech Night Owl Minute. There will be several episodes of that every week. Once we get rolling, we're in the early experimental stage. A modest monthly, annual, five-year, or even a lifetime subscription. Check that out, plus.technightowl.com. The Tidbits Managing Editor, Josh Centers, is here. He has written a book about Apple TV. So we're talking about the TV season and about the best shows. And I mentioned Supergirl, which has lots of promise, lots of interesting things. And it's the first TV show starring a female superhero since the 1970s and Wonder Woman with Linda Carter. Hmm. I guess I'm concerned that, but yeah, it's... You know, it's good to uh, you know have some uh, you know woman-driven superhero stuff out there. You know, it's it's uh, not a terribly diverse field at the moment, so you know it's uh, it's good to get some representation for them out there. And interesting how they do twists on the old DC canon. So, for example, we have the character of Jimmy Olsen, who was part of the Supergirl 
movies. There was a movie of Supergirl with Helen Slater. Jimmy Olsen was included there and also in the comic books. But here they're imagining Jimmy Olsen 10 years after he becomes friends of Superman. 10 years later, he's advancing in his career. He's a Pulitzer Prize winning photographer. 10 years later, and he's black, even though the character tends to be more Nordic in the comic books. But that's an example of it doesn't matter what your color is anymore. It only matters how well the person does the part. So that's one of the differences. They also introduced a foster sister for Supergirl, which was not part of the canon, the comic books. So that's part of the TV show. So, of course, they're working with DC. You know, they don't do these things in a vacuum. You know, if a TV producer wants to do something on DC Comics characters like Green Arrow and The Flash and Supergirl, they got to go to DC Comics owned by Warner Brothers and get permission and get oversight. You know, it's like when Apple had this deal with losing the ebook price fixing case, they had to have someone doing oversight for the courts. Well, when a TV producer or a movie producer wants to do something on DC Comics, they get someone to provide oversight to make sure they're meeting the requirements, just like the movies. Of course, the other superhero show on TV is Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is in its third season. I think it's gotten better. I've tried to watch it. I I can't make hide or hair of it. <laughs> the show is just nonsense to me. Everyone keeps telling me it gets better, but I try to watch. You know, it just kind of came on TV. Uh, we're, we're showing uh, my son the the Peanuts Halloween specials on ABC, and then Agents of Shield came on, and I watched like five minutes of it. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> We just turned it off. I mean, I, I didn't even know what was going on in episode one. I really tried to give it a chance. You know, it's kind of interesting. You know, I mean, I, I think, you know, no one would argue that against that, you know, Marvel is just eating DC's lunch in, in the movie space, except for Batman. But, you know, the TV stuff, DC, I think, is doing a lot better. And, and DC gives a lot more, or at least seems to give a lot more leeway, like a more creative license to its creators, you know, like... um. I watched uh, the first episode of Gotham, and that definitely takes a lot of liberties with the uh, the Batman lore. But at this point, you know, there isn't really like a, a very well defined Batman canon. It's almost like like myths and legends and anything else. So so they have a lot of leeway there, and uh, you know, Arrow and the Flash kind of just do their own thing. It's not. You know, one of the things that I think is starting to trip Marvel up is that Disney takes, uh, you know, is so controlling over it. You know, like. Um, uh, there's a great uh, what what is honest trailers I, I think it's called and they did one on Age of Ultron and they were talking about all the things that you know Joss Whedon had to balance when he was making that movie you know because it had to integrate with uh, you know all the other Marvel properties and it had to integrate you know had to lead up to you know Civil War and you know the Infinity War movies and you know all this all these impossible tasks that just made it impossible for him to make a really good standalone movie and. Uh, DC seems to get a lot more leeway there. You know, it's it's more of the the punk rock kind of aspect. You know, do you see that in that uh, there's an upcoming Suicide Squad movie, which is doing just all kinds of wild things with uh, some of the DC villain characters. It's inter- it's going to be interesting how how things turn out. You know, you got uh, and Zack Snyder's kind of leading up to the whole Justice League thing in the DC film universe. You know, people have a lot of strong feelings about him, and I, I have mixed opinions about his work. You know, some of his stuff's really good, some of it not as much. 
it's kind of a great time to be a geek, though, because there's there's all these superhero shows on TV. There's all these superhero movies out there to watch. I mean, just in one year alone, we're getting a Jurassic Park movie, a uh, we got an Avengers movie, we're getting a Bond movie, and, and we're getting a Star Wars movie. I mean, you know, you talk about an embarrassment of riches. And next year we get Batman v Superman with Wonder Woman there too, and Lex Luthor. We also, you know, get some more Marvels movies. So it's going to be really fascinating how these things work out. Now, understand the DC movies universe stands aside from the DC TV universe. They're not the same. Right. And that gets confusing, I guess, for some people. But it means, in theory, they could have a Supergirl in the movies who will not be Melissa Benoist. Now, it's different with Marvel. Marvel's Agents of Shields watches what's going on in the movies because Wheaton is the executive producer. And so he's the one who directed the first two Avengers movies. And so they're watching what's happening there. But I think also they rarely bring on anybody from the movies. Like they brought in Jamie Alexander, who plays one of the goddesses from Asgard in Thor movies. And now she's doing Blindspot. They brought her on. They also brought on Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. But he's disappeared or something. We're in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., He's no longer part of it. He either died or disappeared. I can't figure that out either. <laughs> you know, it gets to be confusing and muddled, and I understand they're trying to go their own way. And this year they're doing what is called inhumans, which are people who have strange powers. They can't call them X-Men because that name is copyrighted. Well, he, he, so, so here's kind of the thing. The Inhumans have been around for a long time, but they're never major players in the Marvel Universe. But, the, but Marvel's trying to push them now because... Uh, Marvel doesn't have the film rights to X-Men. They they sold those to Fox years ago, and Fox seems to be doing pretty well with that. So I doubt Marvel gets those back anytime soon. Yeah, they're kind of pushing the Inhumans as as sort of a replacement for the X-Men. And in the comic side of things, uh, Marvel has really downplayed the X-Men. I mean, they even went so far as to kill off Wolverine, who is by far the most popular X-Man, just because, well, I mean, the speculation is that they're just really trying to push people away from X-Men, which which is really odd. It's really odd to see Marvel kind of sinking their own products, you know, over film rights. You know, like uh, another example, they, they actually canceled Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four, which had been in existence in some form since uh, the start of the Marvel Silver Age, you know, arguably the start of the, Marvel, uh, of the Silver Age of comic books was uh, Jack Kirby and Stan Lee's work on Fantastic Four. Canceled it entirely, which helped contribute to... Uh, the new Fantastic Four movie being such a bomb. So, yeah, it's, it's just really weird. And there's only just a handful of companies anymore that own all the content and all the squabbling and stuff. More pop culture and then more technology with Josh Centers and Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey System. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. 
owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't take on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24 7 Pain Relief Hotline at 866 389 0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24 7 pain hotline now at 866 389 0620. Our representatives are standing by 24 7 to take your call and rush you your pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866 389 0620. That's 866 389 0620. Again, 866 389 0620. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. You wouldn't go swim with the sharks without a cage, would you? Hey, has anyone seen Larry? It's in our nature to protect ourselves, especially when protection is simple and affordable. That's why IDStronghold.com has been providing affordable RFID protection for over 10 years. ID Stronghold wallets protect you from electronic pickpockets who pass near you with a scanner and steal your credit and debit card info, as well as data from other cards containing RFID chips. IDStronghold.com, the original maker of shielded wallets, is a technology company, so we understand how to best protect you against intrusive radio waves. ID Stronghold wallets are designed to block RFID signals, open or closed, no matter where in the wallet you put your cards. Most other RFID wallets on the market were designed with only fashion in mind and don't shield properly, if at all. If you're shopping for your next wallet, be sure to get the protection you deserve by going to IDStronghold.com because getting anything else is like being the next victim in a Jaws movie. It's time to kick some ash because cigarettes have met their match. Smokers are switching to Vapriate e-liquid by LeSig because when you kick ash, you kick tar and smelly smoke too. LeSig smokes the competition with real people customer service, a seven-day satisfaction guarantee, and same-day fast-free shipping. Become a vapor today at LeSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com. LeSig e-cigarettes. Kick some ash. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. Okay, so we have Fantastic Four from Marvel, 
the movie didn't do well, so we don't know if there will ever well, be another one. That was a Fox movie. That was a Fox movie. Yeah. Then we have The Amazing Spider-Man. And, you know, it did okay. They, you know, replaced Tubby McGuire, replaced the director with, what's his name, Mark Webb. And he did two films, and I thought they were pretty good, but they didn't do quite as well. So now there's going to be a third Spider-Man reboot with a younger actor. You know, I'm glad Marvel's getting Spider-Man, but I could really do without another standalone Spider-Man movie for a while. And my understanding is this third reboot is going to be another origin story. At this point, I'm just like, okay, everyone knows Spider-Man's deal. You know, everyone. I mean, I knew Spider-Man's deal when I was four years old. That was like in 1987 or so. Everyone knows Spider-Man's deal. Just start off in the middle of a story. You know, just everyone knows who Spider-Man is. Just, you know, give people something a little different. Or, or, you know, just let him be in the background of other movies for a while. Um, I think that would be fun. You know, my understanding is he's probably going to be in Civil War because in the comics, Spider-Man was kind of in the middle of everything in Civil War. So, you know, that only makes sense. Uh, you know, yeah, just I would really just be kind of in the background for a while, then let him come out in the open. You know, we don't need to be reintroduced to Spider-Man. You know, at this point, we, you know, we, we're, we're, uh, you know, good on the Spider-Man origin stories. By the way, speaking of Mark Webb, who did The Amazing Spider-Man and The Amazing Spider-Man 2, he is the executive producer of another TV series called Limitless, which is based on the movie with Bradley Cooper, who also makes guest appearances in the TV show. And that's about somebody who takes this pill. And for 12 hours, they use 100% of their brains and become super knowledgeable about anything. It doesn't make them any more responsible for running their lives. And his co-star, by the way, is Jennifer Carpenter from Dexter. And here she plays a more cheerful character. She plays such a (laughs) grim character in Dexter where every other word was one that can't be uttered on family radio or TV. Yeah, her her character in Dexter was uh, was pretty grating after a while. And oh man, I love that show there for a while, but I really I really wish uh, they just ended after the fourth season because it it didn't go well. See, that's also a problem with a TV series, which is when do you stop? When do you say enough is enough? When do you have the last season? So you know, some shows they just go on forever, like Law and Order. SVU is like 15 years or something like that. We have Bones, you know, about this forensic anthropologist, which is based on a real person who wrote stories about this fake character. But anyway, that's in, I think it's 11th season right now. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't seem like it's going to end, although I think this season they will end it. And that's the point about a TV series. When do you say, you know what, we've done what we could, that's it. The other thing about a TV series is the insistence to do 22 episodes of yeah. a one-hour show. And that's really miserable. You're talking about actors have to work almost all year round to do this kind of thing, especially if it's a special effects driven series like a Flash or Arrow and now Supergirl. You wonder how cheerful Melissa Benoist will be after the 22nd episode of Supergirl, because I think they're getting a full season order or something like that at the starting gate. So they're talking about a TV series now doing what they do with the cable shows, which is have 10 or 13 episodes. Or with the reboot for X-Files this January, just six episodes. In other words, do your best work, get out of the way, and let somebody else take over. Yeah, it's it's more like the British model. I tell you, my favorite shows usually are the ones that are always under threat of cancellation. Um, And two examples of that, 
would be Hannibal and Parks and Rec. They they never did well ratings wise. The, you know, they thought every season would be their last. And so every season of both of those shows, even though they're very different shows on the same note that were on the same network, but they ended every season with a bang. You know, and, and the end of every season was spectacular because it, it might have been their last show. I think that just makes the best shows and the best finales. You know, and even though Hannibal only lasted three seasons, the ending was perfect because you know they they saw they always saw the writing on the wall. You know, the, the ending of Parks and Rec was perfect, and they actually had a chance to wrap everything up, and it was it was really beautiful. So you know, I, I think that I think that pressure really helps a lot. Uh, you know, with these TV shows, you know, it seems like some creators when they get just unlimited resources they kind of drift off into the field you know like george lucas i think would be a really great example or the wachowskis they had a really hard time getting the first matrix made and then after that you know unlimited resources and uh, you know you saw the results there the wachowskis by the way worked with what's his name uh j michael straczynski the one who did babylon 5 to create sense 8 on netflix and that's another thing too now we have Netflix with original series and Amazon Instant Video and Netflix has House of Cards. They've got Daredevil. They also took a TV series that was canceled. They did this with The Killing and they did this with Longmire, which is about a Western police officer. Yeah, I haven't watched that one. You know, of course, um, we're, we're big fans of House of Cards at our house. Um, and that's, you know, I guess kind of the, the flagship Netflix show. Well, I guess not. I guess Orange is the New Black probably is now, but you know, House of Cards is definitely up there. You know, something I was talking about earlier today, you know, sparked by some stuff I saw on Twitter is, you know, how much Netflix has changed the culture around pop culture, kind of. You know, like um, uh, somebody I follow on Twitter was talking about how his kid doesn't understand network promos. Like if you see, you see like if he sees like a promo for Supergirl, he's like, okay, cool. Can I watch that now? Well, why not? I mean, if you got it, if it's done, why can't I watch it? Why can't I watch the whole thing? Because that's the that's what Netflix has set up. Netflix doesn't just advertise a show usually, you know, months in advance. It's like, oh, here's a show. You can watch it now. <laughs> and you can watch the entire season, as many episodes as you want at once, or just space them out by the day, by the week. So with a Netflix series, usually if they show up at a time where I don't have a lot of regular TV shows to watch, I'll take a couple episodes at a time. In a week, I'm finished with it. That's called binge watching, which is totally new and totally freaking out the TV networks. <laughs> well, you know, the TV networks should like that uh, because, you know, um, an example, The Blacklist. You know, I never would have watched that show except it was just hanging around Netflix. And I understand they paid like a pretty penny, like something like a million dollars an episode because it's a huge hit on NBC. Because Netflix is just this endless uh, buffet of content. You know, we've trained ourselves now. We'll just start watching something. If it sucks, we don't watch it again. If it's good, we'll keep watching it. And, you know, so we binge watched all through two seasons of The Blacklist. And we got caught up to where it was on TV. And then, you know, I said to my wife, I'm like, okay, well, uh, we can put that in the DVR. And now NBC has an app, so even if I didn't have a DVR, even if I, you know, were a cord cutter, which we're not entirely, but um, you know, we could still follow that show. So I think that's that's a great boost for a lot of these shows. You know, Breaking Bad's a good example. Breaking Bad toiled in obscurity for years, and it, it was and it wasn't until the last couple of seasons that became 
the hit that it was. And that's and AMC said directly, they said it's because of Netflix. It's because people were able to get in and watch it from the very beginning and watch it all the way through. And then they got finished and they wanted more. And so they started watching it on AMC. So, I, I, you know, yeah, I'm sure executives are freaking out because it's something new and different. But, you know, I think it's a healthy thing for the TV business. And the thing to bear in mind, too, the way you design a show is different because you're designing a show that people watch whenever they want as many episodes as they want. So you can develop a multi-season arc like Sense8, for example. That show is viewed best as you watch all the episodes. If you watch just one episode, it makes no sense whatever. You have to watch the entire first season to get a grasp on it. And I know my wife had this problem. The first episode or two, she said, you know what, I don't know. And then she watches the third episode, which is like a day later. And suddenly it clicks and she loved the series. But it's the kind of thing where if it played out on a regular TV schedule once a week, it wouldn't have worked. But when it played out over the fact that you could binge watch it, you could watch a couple episodes at a time, you could watch 10 episodes, whatever you want, suddenly it makes sense. And that's a different kind of art form. We have Josh Centers. Let's get to the solidity here of Apple TV that's coming this coming week. If you're listening to the show when it's first broadcast, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Nussbaum with the Anthem Foundation. Premature birth is the leading cause of death of babies and disabilities for children. 
That's why we support the March of Dimes to help mothers have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment and outreach to help moms during their pregnancy, and give every baby a healthy start in life. Learn how you can help at marchofdimes.org. Many are in disbelief today after word of shocking allegations against a Minnesota-based talk syndication company known as GCN. It's claimed that they're the fourth largest talk syndication company in the U.S., making it even more scandalous that they've been accused of helping business owners expose themselves on a massive scale. Let's go live to Tom for more on this story. It's being called the greatest exposure of our lifetime, while other business owners are beginning to step forward claiming they, too, exposed themselves. With the help of GCN. It's true. They're all guilty. Every last one of them. GCN helped me get the exposure my company needed. And just think, that was years ago. Today, GCN has like 700 affiliate stations and over 6 million downloads from iTunes and their website every month. Imagine the exposure your company can get. Expose your business to the masses. Email advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy. Affordable. Effective. GCN. There are hundreds of silver products on the market today, but there's nothing like the astonishing health benefits of the multi-patented One Silver Solution. Boost your immune system at a great price with our Silver Solution Liquid, starting at $12.95 a bottle, now available in regular and extra strength. That's half the price of the leading competitors. Call 844-USE-SILVER for your free catalog or go to onesilversolution.com, onesilversolution.com. There is only one Silver Solution. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So, Apple TV, fourth edition. Orders start on the 26th of October, which may be before you heard this show, and then it'll ship in a few days by the end of that week. Do you think this is going to be like a massive success, or maybe they'll sell a few million, and that's it? Is the world need an Apple TV? Have we demonstrated that yet? I don't think it will be a flop. I also don't think it will be an iPhone-sized hit. I think it will do um, reasonably well for its uh, in its category. Of course... In many ways, Apple is now playing catch-up after the, the third-generation model came out, what, 2012, maybe, uh, or is it 2013? But it's they let it kind of just sit and rot a bit. And rot may be the bad word, but they let it just kind of linger a little too long. In the meantime, things like um, you know Fire TV and Roku have taken off a bit, um, and of course... Uh, you know, the thing about stuff like Fire TV, well, I guess Roku, too, because it integrates with Amazon's services, you know, because these are really ecosystem plays, right? You know, Amazon wants you to have a Fire TV, not because they want to sell you a Fire TV, but because they want you locked into their ecosystem. They want you using their services and locked into their DRM. I, don't, I think Apple moved just a little late. I mean, I think this will still be a popular product, but I think I think people are also kind of skeptical and you know i think this is going to be 
you know, I think most of the time reviews of new Apple products are kind of pointless because, you know, most people know if they're going to get a new iPhone or iPad or iMac, whatever, you know, because that's it's such a personal choice. And they usually know if they want it or not, you know, immediately. But with the Apple TV, I think there's going to be more questions. Um, you know, for instance, um, there's a choice right away you have to make. Do you get the 32 gigabyte model or the 64 gigabyte model? Um you know, the, it's going to have apps. You know, um, how's that going to work? Are you know most developers going to let you do cross buy on that? Um, or if you buy the, the iPhone app, do you get the Apple TV app, or you have to buy your apps all over again? Uh, how well would the Siri remote work for for games? Uh, you know, what what kind of apps will be on this thing? I think that's really going to be um, what's going to make or break this. Is I mean, a lot of people buy it. Um, a, just because it's an Apple product, and B, um, B because it, they can watch their iTunes library on it. And those are perfectly fine reasons. But I think for the broader public to really be interested in it, especially with the high price tag, I mean, you you got to consider it's competing with $60 set-top devices and, um, and even the third-gen Apple TV. So for someone to plunk down $149, they're going to have to have some compelling reasons. They're going to have to have some compelling apps. You know, especially when you consider... 149 seems like a cheap gaming device, but the consoles, the the hardcore consoles, which have gotten better media capabilities in this generation, um, are also getting a lot cheaper. I have uh, a PlayStation 4 on pre-order, even though it's been out for a couple of years, but I have one on pre-order. I'm getting it uh, next month with the launch of Star Wars Battlefront. You know, this is a console that launched at $400. Well, now, just a couple of years later, I'm buying it. It's uh, $350. I'm getting the $60 Battlefront game with it, plus like four classic Star Wars games. I think like uh, Jedi Starfighter, Super Star Wars, Star Wars Bounty Hunter, some other ones, you know, some oldies but goodies that they're, you know, they've updated for PS4 a bit. And so, you know, compare like 150 versus 350, it's not a huge price gap. You know, I, I think if Apple were selling this for $100, it would be a lot more compelling, but. At, at 150 bucks, I think some people are going to look kind of sideways at it and be like, "Is is that really the best bang for my buck?" Well, when it was 99 or 69 dollars, it became more of a casual purchase. The other thing that concerns me here is you have the new Amazon Fire TV offering 4K video, the Roku 4 4K, Apple TV costing more money, no 4K. Is that going to be a competitive issue? I don't think it will be for a year or two, at least generally. Uh, you know, not many people have 4K TVs. They are more affordable now. You know, I saw one the wire cutter was recommending uh, for $500. It's a Vizio, it does 4K. But it's a 40 inch TV. And honestly, at 40 inches, you're not going to see much advantage out of 4K. There's not a lot of 4K content yet. You know, trying to find, I mean, other than YouTube, uh, or, you know, I guess in the case of Apple's. Uh, own phones and stuff. Now, here's the odd thing, though. You can take 4K video with your iPhone. You can edit 4K video on your iPhone. You can now edit 4K video on your, um, you know, Retina iMac with iTunes. But you can't view that 4K video in its full resolution on the Apple TV, which is uh, very strange to me. I would not be terribly surprised if a year from now Apple does come out with a 4K box. But I don't think. Uh, until TVs get a lot larger for the price, I don't really see 4K taking off in a big way because it's one of those things that unless you have maybe like a 60-inch television or larger, you're probably not going to see a lot of difference. You know, and me personally, you know, there's a lot of movies 
especially older movies. Like newer movies, uh, you can usually tell a big difference. But, um, you know, a lot of movies haven't scaled up 1080p well. You know, I have a Blu-ray of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Eh, it doesn't doesn't look great. I mean, some movies do. You know, like, uh, for instance, you know, I did finally break down and bought the special editions of Star Wars and iTunes. And those are in 1080p. And they look phenomenal. I mean, despite Greedo shooting first and CGI Jabba and all that nonsense, they're beautiful films. They did a tremendous job uh, cleaning those up and uh, and scaling them up to high def. I feel like we're just, in a lot of ways, we're just now catching up to the full 1080p experience because there, there are so many movies they didn't scale well. And even, you know, this generation of consoles, you know, the last generation struggled even with 720p at times, which is the, the lower form of HD. Even now, my understanding is the Xbox One has problems with 1080p. Uh, the PS4 does much better with it. Most PS4 games, my understanding is, is 60 frames per second and 1080p resolution. So, you know, I think there's just a whole universe of things that are really going to have to jump before 4K becomes a true selling point. You know, we're going to need 4K content. We're going to need 4K cable channels. And, you know, my Comcast box is still littered with standard def channels. You know, look at the iTunes store. There's still standard def stuff all over the place. I mean, almost every movie has an SD version. You know, until these companies move on from standard def, I don't see how we're going to go to ultra high def. We still just have, you know, it feels like we only have one foot in high def in the first place. Just to point out another thing about the problems with 4K. As you mentioned, maybe a 60-inch TV is required. A 65-inch TV, you have to be no more than eight feet away to see the resolution difference. But there's another feature of 4K TV that may make the difference, and that is HDR. Better colors, richer colors, wider color gamut. Kind of, in a sense, what Apple is doing with the new IMAX, with the wider color gamut. So maybe that's a factor there. If you get that, then people will see an obvious difference. It won't be there just looking at the difference in resolution. Yeah, you know, and I say this as I'm staring into a 5K iMac, and it's a gorgeous display, and I've I've watched some 4K videos with it. Um, the folks over at Mashable did a really cool uh, skateboarding video on one of the new iPhone uh, 6s. 6s is uh you know <laughs> however you say that and yeah it's it's amazing it looks looks great but um i'm just wondering for most people and i would say i would say the average household tv budget is probably about 500 bucks when you buy one that that seems about right to me that was how much i paid for mine that seems to be most people i know that's about how much they pay for theirs you know and in that price range uh you know you can get a 40 inch 4k set now you can get a uh you know, maybe a 50 or more inch, uh, you know, 1080p set, you know, but uh, I think I think the point where they get a 4K, like a, a good quality or at least a halfway decent quality 4K set at 60 inches for 500 bucks. I, I think that's about when you'll see 4K start taking off and then they'll probably start launching on the content end. I still think, though, the big issue with 4K is they've got to deal with. The support for the enhanced color, that's not available on the cheap sets. Mm. I mean, there's some great sets out there. Vizio has some great products for 4K in their M series. And they start at about $500 or so. But then if you buy the set for a lot more with the 65 inches, they don't have the wide color gamut, the HDR. And I don't even think HDR is perfected enough at this point to actually have a consistent standard. Well, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure if HDR will take off 
at least anytime soon in, in that space. Because I mean, um, you know, I, I've seen HDR video before, and a lot of times it, to me it just looks weird. You know, I, I I know some people who have new TV sets, and they have um, uh, you know the the higher refresh rate. You know. 60 frames a second, 120 frames a second, 200, even 240 frames a second. And, you know, and they have all this motion smoothing stuff and everything just looks kind of weird. We'll get more weird stuff about all those enhancements on TV sets with Josh Centers. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows. Pause and rewind live TV. Even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. I think one of the issues here is that those things that you add to a TV set, all these extra picture enhancement features, it's a mixed bag. Sometimes it's better... Sometimes it's worse, but maybe it's just something to advertise. Uh, really, I wish I could just buy a, t- a decent TV set that didn't have all that crap. <laughs> you know, like uh, when I got my, my Sharp set, I, I spent 
hours just configuring things. You know, I got one of those configuration discs. Um, there's iPhone apps for that now. You can use the Apple TV. And I'm sure there's I, actually I know some people are working on you know set configuration apps for the for uh, the the new Apple TV. So that'll be pretty cool. I spent hours you know fiddling with settings and mostly turning stuff off, like turning off motion smoothing, turning off um you know there's different things they have that actually. Del- cause lag in the picture, which if you know, you play video games at all is just terrible, you know, just all this silly stuff, too many settings. You know, I, I, I wish you don't have to do that with an iPad. You don't have to do it with an iPhone. I wish you could just pull the thing out of the box and there it goes. And the colors set right. And, and there's no weird stuff turned on. And Oh, well, that, I guess that isn't what sells TVs. Well, right now they have smart TVs, but you wonder how smart they are. Oh, well, <laughs> now I have a theory here, which may or may not be true. With the new Apple TV, we don't have 4K, but is it possible the chip supports it and Apple could add it later with enhanced HDMI with a firmware update? Is that possible? Um, you know, I'm not really sure. I don't, I mean, hardware wise, I don't see uh, why, at least in theory, couldn't do 4K. Um, I'm not sure if uh, there's something that needs to be in the chip for that to happen or. Um, or what the deal is, but I mean, uh, it, but, but it seems to me if, if if it could do 4K, they would at least um, show the interface in 4K from the get go, if if not the movies. Um, so no, I mean it's an it's an interesting question. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, knowing Apple, they'll probably want you to buy a new box. Be kind of bad though to have a brand new design of Apple TV one year, and then oh okay. Next year, you got to buy a new one? I don't know. I don't think people are going to like that. I just spent $199, and you're telling me if I want 4K, I have to spend another $199? (laughs) We understand two or three years. If it's only one year, Apple has to do more to future-proof it. So I hope they did the right thing. I don't know. It could be two or three years before Apple jumps in there. I, I was surprised... They didn't announce 4K support. It would seem like, well, not only future-proofing, but kind of getting a jump on the market. You know, um, but who who knows what the uh, what the negotiations are on the back end there? You know, I mean, even if Han, uh, even if uh, Apple wanted to get a uh, a jump on 4K content, you know, do the studios want Apple to get a jump on 4K content? Uh, maybe not. Actually, probably not. So, um, you know, that may not be something uh, they can just into but um yeah i i, I don't know I, I would be fascinated in you know if, if i had a chance to talk to tim cook or you know somebody high up at apple instead of you know trying to ask him about cars or whatever silly thing you know i would love to ask him you know just these kind of things like well, what was your decision process on this because um you know i would maybe find the answers fascinating that's the question that's not being asked i mean people are asking apple questions i mean there was an interview that tim cook gave just a short time ago, a few days ago. During that interview, he revealed that 15 million people signed up for Apple Music, six and a half million subscribed so far. He gave out some information, but didn't anybody say, okay, you got the Apple TV, there's Roku, Amazon. What about 4K? What's going on? Yeah, you know, as as an Apple journalist person, uh, it frustrates me because it seems like every interview I ever watched with Steve Jobs and now every interview with Tim Cook, people are always trying to get him to Get, get those guys to spill the beans on what they're working on, which is never going to happen unless it's intentionally 
uh, you know, something they want to do, you know, if they intentionally, you know, want to drop some information there, you know, in that case, it's bad interviewing because then you're playing into in their hands also, you know, because Tim can say, oh, well, they ask me about the Apple car. I'll say this, you know. So, uh, you know, I, it's very frustrating because there are so many questions I would love to ask Tim Cook, Johnny Ive, uh, you know, and a lot of the people at Apple. And I, I, it's so frustrating. I see these interviews and it's always just these, the same dumb questions over and over again that they will never answer. They will never answer. You know, they, some people always ask Tim about the Apple car. What's he supposed to say? You know, even if they're going to announce one next month. What's he supposed to say? <laughs> he can't say. We understand yet. he's not going to re- spill the beans on an Apple car until it exists and it has to be reviewed to pass regulatory hurdles. Then they will have to reveal something. But with an Apple TV, it's a legitimate question, and you have to see how they spin it. They can say, well, we're looking into it in the future, or we can't comment at this time about future products. You have to see how they phrase it, how they spin it, and whether that drops any hints. They could say, you know, we're reviewing the standards, and there's still some fluctuation, and we have nothing to announce right now. Well, I mean, even then, that's not news. Like, it's something that drives me nuts. Um, there was an interview with Tim Cook a while back, and somebody asked him about a- Apple Car, and he just laughed. And that was that was a, a, a news article on some websites, you know, like ah, oh, Tim Cook laughs when asked about Apple Car. I'm like, that's that's not news. <laughs> that, that tells me nothing. I mean, you know, because you know, the thing is, even if they are working on one, they may never ship it. You know, they may start look, looking into the regulations and dealing with regulators and just say, you know what, this is not worth it. They're they're we, we can do plenty of other cool things with the R&D we've done here. You know, I'm sure if you went to, you know, Apple Secret Labs, there's probably all kinds of crazy things there. There's probably an Apple VR headset. There's probably um, uh, there's probably a Mac that runs an ARM chip. There's probably uh, some weird uh, iOS OS X hybrid. I mean, there's probably, you know, uh, a hoverboard for all I know. There's probably all kinds of weird, wild stuff, you know, in, a, in, the, in the Johnny Ive workshop. Um, doesn't mean we'll ever see it, you know, because I'm sure most of the things they come up with are probably terrible ideas. Or, you know, in some cases, and you see this with the Apple Watch, you know, maybe they develop something. It, it Maybe it doesn't, unlike the Apple Watch, it doesn't get off the ground, but they learn stuff from it. You know, like, you know, one of the things I've, I keep telling people is even if the Apple Watch ends up being a commercial failure, you know, look at all the technology Apple got from the Apple Watch, the Taptic Engine, the, uh, you know, Force Touch, which has become 3D Touch now. You know, there, there's so many technologies from the Apple Watch that have, you know, become huge for iOS and the Mac. So, you know, I, I think there's lots of things probably behind the scenes at Apple that are like that. Things that never ship, um, you know, or they ship in different forms than they expected. And, you know, they just learn stuff from it. Now, understand here when it gets to an Apple car, they've got to see the headwinds that are striking Tesla. Tesla got the highest rating ever for Consumer Reports. They have a scale of zero to 100. The Tesla got 103. But when it comes to reliability, it had all sorts of problems. You know, simple stuff like the door handle doesn't work right and it rattles and it squeaks and they have problems with the software. A whole litany of things that made it unacceptable and they gave it a not recommended rating. Now, in all fairness, Tesla has returned saying, well, that's our early models. But right now we think we've cleaned things up and where customers have a problem, we can fix it. If the software isn't working, we can feed quick over-the-air updates. But Apple has to see this and realize 
even if they get a brand new car out at the starting gate, 2019, 2020, it doesn't just immediately become perfect, even for Apple. I mean, when was the last time a new car maker appeared and succeeded? Think about that. It's rare. Um, I mean, I mean, you know, uh, yes, you know, well, Back to the Future Day was the other day, and uh, you know, we remember how what happened to DeLorean, um, y- you know. But uh, the yeah. DeLorean only exists now in connection with Back to the Future, Pretty and much. part of the problem is, for example, that John DeLorean, the head of the company, the founder, he was charged with, I guess, what selling or importing cocaine, and supposedly he was found innocent. But the publicity surrounding what happened to him was sufficient to sink the company because it was in its formative stages. And some might say, well, maybe the other car makers did that deliberately because they didn't want the competition. So they arranged for having this rather flamboyant character get caught. That's a conspiracy theory about DeLorean. I have no idea. Even Doc Brown can't tell me. <laughs> we have Josh Centers. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson, Ricky LeBlanc, admitted in Mass only. Sokolov Law, LLC, Chestnut Hill, Mass. Ken Levan, responsible attorney in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Greg Hobby, New Jersey. The choice of lawyer is an important decision that should not be based solely upon advertisements. While this firm maintains joint responsibility, most cases of this type are referred to other attorneys for principal responsibility. If you know what mesothelioma is, you or someone you love has likely been impacted by this devastating cancer. You may be entitled to compensation. Call Sokolov Law today. 1-800-218-HELP. The only known cause of mesothelioma is asbestos exposure. Thousands of hardworking men and women, including many U.S. veterans and industrial workers, have been diagnosed with mesothelioma because manufacturers knew the dangers but put profits ahead of people. An estimated $30 billion in court-ordered trust has been set aside to pay money to asbestos victims. If you or a loved one has been diagnosed with mesothelioma, call now. You may be entitled to receive compensation without ever going to court or filing a lawsuit. Call for a free legal consultation at 1-800-218-HELP. That's 1-800-218-HELP. Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey System. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. 
Thousands of people seeking home security get ripped off every day, and the home security industry wants you to believe that's your only option. They've got hordes of salesmen out there trying to scare you into signing one of their long-term contracts. You get stuck writing huge checks month after month with no way out. It's robbery by contract, and it can cost you thousands. But there's a better way to protect your home. Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe has no contracts, none. You'll get award-winning 24-7 protection, security professionals watching over your home, ready to instantly send police to the rescue for just $14.99 per month. That's less than half what most companies charge. Protect your home the smart way. Visit simplysafedefense.com today for an exclusive 10% offer and get a free keychain remote worth $25. Only when you go to simplysafedefense.com. Simplysafedefense.com. The legendary Dr. Joe Wallach, heard on Alex Jones, George Norrie, Benny Hinn, and so many more, is on his 90 for Life tour, and you can see him live and in person Monday, October 26, 6.30 p.m. at the Unity Village, 1901 Northwest Blue Parkway, Unity Village, Missouri. Don't miss this incredible event. Call 615-389-7733 to reserve your seats today. That's 615-389-7733. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Just a reminder before we go on with Josh Centers for one more segment. We've got Rob Pegarero of USA Today and Yahoo coming next. We have the Tech Night Owl Minute, which is now a feature of Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. You can subscribe for a month, a year, five years, lifetime subscriptions. You get the ad-free version of this show and the occasional non-scheduled Tech Night Owl minutes, and lots, lots, lots more coming. Plus.technightowl.com. We're talking about the possibility here of an Apple car. And right now, I don't even think Apple knows if such a thing will ever see the light of day. And at the very least, it gives Apple insights into technology, software technology, that they can provide for other car makers. But I think if they're going to build a car, I'm not going to just repeat what the critics say because the critics are often wrong about Apple, and that is this is a long-term project committing multiple billions of dollars. It's not going to happen overnight, even if the car appears. Apple has to engage in a lot of stuff you don't do with other products. You know, another product, you stick it in the Apple store. With an Apple car, you need a new dealer network, a service network, a marketing arm. You have to have proving grounds, which supposedly they have access to now to test them. You're dealing with very, very, very significant government regulations issues about safety, about performance. And we see there things are being changed because of the Volkswagen scandal. You don't have a Volkswagen, do you? No. All right. That's why the newer car makers, didn't they come about around World War II or so? Yeah, the... Yeah, if um, I understand my history correctly, it was basically the creation of the Nazis, yeah. (laughs) It's actually founded just before World War II, 1937. 
to your point about you know early quarks and reliability, you know, here's a little secret, Gene. I actually did used to write about cars for a little while. Not very well, but you know, it's something I, I, I do have some experience with. And so, um, you know, here's the key to the launch of any premium car brand. And that is you have to provide the white glove treatment. You really have to kiss um, those early customers behinds. You know, Tesla does this, uh, is my understanding. You know, if you have a problem, they'll go out their way to make sure it's fixed. Lexus famously, you know, did stuff like that. Of course, that's an offshoot of Toyota. In the early 90s when they launched Lexus, it was, you know, no one knew if it would take off or not. There's a very famous story about Lexus, and I may get the details wrong, but the, the gist of it is right. One of the first Lexus buyers was this guy who lived in some remote place in Alaska. He had some kind of problem with his car. And so Lexus actually, like Toyota actually flew a mechanic out to the guy, you know, in, in the middle of nowhere in Alaska to, to fix the guy's car. And so I think... Um, and this may be one of the Apple's biggest challenges, even beyond dealing with government regulations and all this other stuff. But they're—I mean—they can't just do the, you know, come to the Genius Bar and drop your car off. I mean, no. For those first few customers, you know, for at least a year or two, um, they're really going to have to give the white glove treatment. You know, if anybody has a problem with an Apple car, um, somebody needs to come on site and fix it. I'm guessing. An Apple car, assuming they don't just do a, some kind of lease deal, which they may, but I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be an expensive car. I would be surprised if Apple gets a car out for under $100,000 for total now, price. Right. Now, the Tesla starts about seventy. Supposedly, mm-hmm. Tesla will have a Model 3 out in 2017 that will cost $35,000. And that also puts the onus on Apple to come up with something more affordable. Now, to put things in perspective, you think $35,000 is expensive for a car. But the average transaction price, as we speak, for a brand new motor vehicle is about $32,500. Ouch. Yeah. (laughs) But that's true. And part of it is it's average because of the high-priced cars. Also, the fact that people will buy trucks or SUVs, that can be quite expensive. But if you get like a gussied-up mid-sized car, $32,500 gets you not even to the top of the line of a Honda Accord. A Kia Optima goes for like thirty-five or thirty-six thousand. The Ford Fusion, the Volkswagen Passat. You get the top-line models; they're getting up into the mid-thirties already. Cars are expensive. Even the cheap car. You walk into a car dealership, and you don't have much money. You want a new car. You got to have fourteen or fifteen thousand dollars to get anything. <laughs> you, you know, okay, I bought a truck last year. Guess how much I paid for my truck? Two thousand dollars. You got an old one. Close. Eighteen hundred. That's it, if you get a junker. (laughs) One thing I might suggest, I did this before, and I've actually just visited the dealers to see what they offer. Volkswagen is having trouble. But they have some really great cars, like the Passat and the Jetta and the Golf are really wonderful cars. And even though they're being made in the USA and Mexico now, they have that German exclusive feel. And some of them feel like a Passat is like a a low-rent Audi. So it's a pretty premium car. They're fun to drive, yeah. The thing is here is that because of the emissions scandal with diesels, they can't sell diesel cars now until they get that straightened out. They can sell the cars with regular gas engines. They're probably going to give you one heck of a deal. They'll probably finance anybody, the walking wounded, get in there, get a car loan for a new Volkswagen. And yes, you may have a problem over the next few years. If you want to trade it in three or four years from now, the value may not be as high unless VW gets past this. But if you're going to keep a car forever, 
and you're going to drive it till it drops, which I might do with my next car for reasons we don't want to get into here. Just drive it till it drops. The resale value doesn't matter. It's only the upfront purchase price. So I don't know. Plus, you think of it this way. A lot of employees, there are thousands, tens of thousands of people who work for Volkswagen, had nothing to do with faking emissions tests. They could lose their jobs. But also realize this, too, about cars. They aren't the only ones to skirt government regulations by cheating. A lot of car makers have pulled stunts. It's not just Volkswagen with emissions. This may be the latest. It may be the worst. I don't know. But what they're doing is not unusual. The car makers can pull all sorts of stunts. An $1,800 truck, huh? How old a truck? It's a 96 Ranger. Okay, so it's American. Detroit Iron, as we used to call it. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, based on a platform that dates all the way back to 1983. That's a pretty good truck. Uh, the AC went out, you know, but I mean, you know, who cares? It's, it's a pickup truck. And I just drive it around town, use it for loading manure and two by fours and stuff. So, you know, oh, boy. hunting truck. Yeah, it's, it's a good redneck ride. <laughs> Okay, there you are with the beard, driving the redneck truck. You have another vehicle. Tell us briefly what it is. My other vehicle is actually probably even more redneck than my truck now. It's a it's a 2008 Toyota Corolla. It's it's as basic as you get because I don't like all the electronic stuff. It has, you know, manual windows and all that. I was driving down a dirt road recently. And if you read my iOS 9 crash course book, there's actually pictures of this in here, in the book. Um, actually, in, <laughs> I ripped the rear bumper cover off while driving down this bumpy dirt road. So now my car looks like something from the set of a Mad Max movie. Oh, boy. <laughs> I wish we had more time to go into that. We have to do a different show. Josh Sanders, where do we find more of your stuff? Uh, you read my articles on tidbits.com. Uh, I have some books on takecontrolbooks.com. And uh, all my rambling is at twitter.com under J Centers, J-C-E-N-T-E-R-S. Josh Sanders, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks, thanks for having me back, as always, Gene. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Virtually anyone can hack your cell phone and track your calls, your texts, your emails, your every movement, but only if they can detect a signal. Stay one step ahead of hackers and Big Brother with a Blocket Pocket, a custom-made pocket infused with pure silver that creates a complete Faraday enclosure for your cell phone. For free shipping to the lower 48, visit BlockItPocket.com or call 888-315-9618, BlockItPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. There are hundreds of silver products on the market today, but there's nothing like the astonishing health benefits of the multi-patented One Silver Solution. Boost your immune system at a great price with our Silver Solution Liquid, starting at $12.95 a bottle, now available in regular and extra strength. That's half the price of the leading competitors. Call 844-USE-SILVER for your free catalog or go to onesilversolution.com, onesilversolution.com. There is only one Silver Solution. Young people are supposed to be full of energy and recover quickly from exercise. Their age should give them a great advantage to feeling good all the time. 
However, young people of today are dealing with the same nutrient-deficient food as everyone else in America. So it does not matter whether you are 15 or 85. If your biochemistry is off, you cannot feel your best. Listen to the real-world results of James. My name is James Ashley. I'm 25 years old. At the end of a tiring work shift, I used not to do much around the house. Since I started taking the new Technology Enhanced One World Way after work, I have so much energy when I get home that I'm able to take long walks, do chores, and even honey the do list from the wife. It's plenty enough energy to get things done around the house and time to settle down before bedtime. This way protein gives me outstanding amount of long-lasting feel-good energy. I'm astonished of how great this product makes me feel. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. If you're like me, you're concerned about the stock market and the economy. You're asking the questions, but it just doesn't seem that you're getting the right answers. Well, my friends at the Wealth Preservation Institute not only have the answers, but they've put together a free report, How to Survive the Upcoming Economic Collapse and Protect Your 401Ks, IRA Savings, and Retirement Income. Don't hesitate. This report's for free for a limited time by calling 888-772-2929. That's 888-772-2929. Take back your financial lives today. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Rob Pegarero who writes for USA Today and Yahoo and lots of other places. And we're going to talk first about something we always use to be connected, and that's Skype from Microsoft. And Skype can be a joy to use sometimes in setting up multi-user conferences for radio shows. And sometimes it's a disaster, compounded by whatever computer you have and whatever problems you're having. So just to acquaint listeners to what's going on, we're getting this portion of the interview done about 15 minutes later than we intended. And the reason is that Skype and your iMac of undetermined generation, we'll find out in a moment, we're not behaving nicely. What went wrong? 
Yeah, so it was weird. Usually Skype is pretty boring. You know, I just wish it would update automatically. I hate the fact you have to tell it to check for updates. Then it tells you there was a new version shipped a week, two weeks ago, and it has this weird routine install and quit. How about just install and update now so I don't forget about it and have the old version sitting around for forever? Anyways, uh, I launch it, and it crashes. I'm like, oh, that's something new. Launch it again. It crashes. Then finally struggles to the surface. I'm like, okay, probably there's a bug fix version. We're running... Because I guess I hadn't updated it since uh, putting El Capitan on this iMac. The progress bar goes all the way, downloading 37 megs, and then that particular dialogue vanishes. Okay, let me try Don't to you it hate it when it does that? Right, that's like the bait and switch. And I'm like, did I dismiss it by mistake? And this time I just watched this little blue progress bar fill, got to 37 megs, then it vanished. I'm like, okay, great. Obviously, I have to download a new version. And this then it became Apple's turn to make my life difficult. So, you know... Go to the Skype site, click download, wait for it to arrive. I'm like, okay, let's get the disk image up. For whatever reason, the finder was taking forever to verify it and open it. And this is not a really hard task. I have an old computer. We can You can shame me about the age of this computer in a few minutes. Then finally, I'm like, okay, great. The disk image is open. Why am I not seeing anything in it? And just watch that stupid little spinning progress thing uh, spin at the bottom right corner of the finder window waiting for it to show me the actual file icon that I needed to see so I could drag over the applications folder and then have it install and override the old version. Yeah, a lot of cursing ensued. It's a good thing there's no FCC obscenity requirements on this, at least the pre-broadcast part of a podcast. Yep, finally installed. Of course, it's showing a generic icon in the dock, but I'm sure that'll totally get fixed the next time I launch this app. I understand here we are heard on real radio stations, so anything you say that isn't allowed on terrestrial radio will be excised. All right. Yeah, I, I do know enough people who work at the FCC. I don't want to have them mad at me personally, or you for that matter. Well, as a matter of fact, that's a good idea. This way, if anything happens, I just say, look, it's Rob. You know Rob, right? Okay, it's <laughs> his do. fault. Okay, let's talk about the undetermined generation of your iMac. Now, I've been using a couple of different iMacs here, because partly because I have the benefit of a few weeks with the previous generation 5K with retina display, not the new one, but the previous generation, and then a late 2009 iMac that was upgraded with an SSD from Otherworld Computing and some extra memory. What about you? Oddly enough, I also have the late 2000 iMac. And until recently, this thing It's a 2009, aged. right? Yeah, I bought it in November 2009. This is uh, very strange because <laughs> I have that computer, you have it, and another talk show host, friend of mine, Craig Crossman, okay. has been using the same computer. Almost identically equipped. In any case, that's a pretty good box. That's the first serious iMac, I think. It's. I was going to say, it's aged, until recently, better than any other computer I think I've ever owned. Even though, you know, I, I have not done too many upgrades. I put in more memory. I've thought about putting in an SSD, and then I saw the instructions that I fix it for exactly how you have to carefully remove the glass with suction cups and all that. And I thought, maybe I should be looking at what a new model is. It's um, not that hard. I've okay. done it. I did it once with that late 2009 iMac and Otherworld Computing sent me the suction cups. And I did it very carefully. That is actually easy. It comes right off from the top. What's okay. difficult is playing with the wiring harnesses because they're so thin. Don't cut the red wire. Right. Only cut the red wire on... One of those TV shows where, when they're trying to defuse a bomb. If yeah. you cut the red wire on your Mac, you're going to defuse the video or something. Well, that would be bad. 
Yeah. So I've, I've kind of come around to the fact that this thing will not last forever. And uh, ironically, one of the reasons why I've had off from buying a new one was because Apple has this weird insistence on making the thinnest desktops ever. Apple, I don't care how thick the desktop is. If I'm looking at the side of it, I'm using it wrong. And so I was annoyed that when I bought a new computer, I'd have to buy an external optical drive as if it were 1997 all over again. Well, a month or so ago, I noticed that when I put a CD or a DVD into this iMac, nothing would happen. So I did, in fact, buy an external optical drive as if it's 1997 all over again. That Very happened simple. to me, too, with the optical drive on my iMac. And I, I got to give some uh, some praise to Samsung here. This like $70 Blu-ray writer plugged in right away. No drivers needed. I can use with any other computer I have. I'm aware that Apple makes an external optical drive. I don't know why anyone would want to buy it exactly. That is so strange. Okay, so you're going to buy a new iMac is what you're telling us. And now Apple's come out with a new iMac. I have to buy a new computer. And so... For at least until the, the 4K iMac had come out, I was thinking, well, maybe you should just get a Mac Mini and get a really nice screen that will, you know, last longer than any given computer. We're obviously going to a modular existence for Apple's desktops. But I had to set foot in the Apple store in my neighborhood last weekend and take a look at the new 4K 21.5-inch iMac. And that screen is really nice. I can't lie. That said, I've, I've read the initial reviews and commentary where people have said, a 5,400 RPM hard drive, Apple, how could you? And yeah, it seems like I'd want to pay for the upgrade to the Fusion Drive. And then apparently there's the issue. It has last year's Intel processor because this year's one isn't in sufficient supply. So so now I'm going back into you know crazy talk land thinking, maybe I can just make the six-year-old machine last a little bit longer so I can get the 1.1 version of the current 4K iMac. You know what you could also consider here? It's seeing if you can find another, what is it, $300 from 1499 to 1799 and get the 27-inch iMac with a 5K display. Don't want that. That's more screen than I need. I mean, it's just me using ah. this. I'm not editing pictures. Like, I, Also, I'm kind of reluctant to sink that much money into an asset that is fused to the rest of the computer. You know, a 27-inch 20, TV, it'd probably keep for a while. And, yeah. Like that, I, I don't need, I'm not a Photoshop jockey. So I can think of other other ways to spend $300. Like, for instance, replacing the the iPad mini that I that also was aged really well until Apple decided to not support major parts of iOS 9 in the first-gen iPad mini and kind of forgot to tell anyone about it. Well, part of the issue here is Apple is always forward-looking. They're not going to cripple a feature in a new iOS or OS 10 because older hardware is not supported. Now, what interested me most about what Apple did was the 27-inch iMac because it's the great democratizer, I call it. And the reason is that for the same price as last year's 27-inch iMac with a regular screen, you get the 5K Retina display. That's a deal, don't you think? Yeah, but it, it totally matches what's happening to 4K TVs all around. I mean, now they've gotten, you, you go to like, um, uh, you know, Walmart or uh, like Costco and yeah, the, the cost delta once you get a certain screen size is so small that, yeah, people are going to buy these things even though they're, they're buying like a 40-inch 4K TV and they won't even see the extra pixels from their couch. But hey, it's there and I guess when people show photos on the screen. Everyone can gather around it up close and they'll still look awesome. So I think really what we're looking at is 
4K TVs, period, 4K displays of any sort have gotten so cheap. If you go to a Walmart or uh, you know a Costco these days, it's crazy how little the price difference is between your 4K TV and your, your humble 1080p set. And so I think a lot of people are just going to be buying 4K TVs because it's the new thing, even though they're using, it's on a screen too small for you to see the extra pixels from your couch. You only notice them when you throw up some vacation pictures on the screen, maybe Chromecast them to the screen, and everyone can gather around and check that out. Exactly, exactly. we got more to come with Rob Pegarero. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. It's time to kick some ash because cigarettes have met their match. Smokers are switching to Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig because when you kick ash, you kick tar and smelly smoke too. LaSig smokes the competition with real people customer service, a seven-day satisfaction guarantee, and same-day fast-free shipping. Become a vapor today at LaSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com. LaSig e-cigarettes. Kick some ash. A lot of people's lives and bodies are out of balance. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops optimize pH level and get rid of harmful waste and acid. Just a few drops in water restores vibrance and energy and gets you back in balance. Now order two bottles and get $10 off your order. Sign up for monthly auto shipping and save 25%. Call 800-518-7615 or visit alkavision.com. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at alkavision.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. 
people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't take on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Isle live, and we've segued from the iMac 5K to 4K TV. But what's interesting about the iMac with the 5K retina display, you want to buy a computer display with the same number of pixels. And forget about having the computer that's capable of driving that display, which is not easy. But the display itself, the price isn't that much different from the full computer from Apple, which is so interesting. I think they just got the sweet spot in getting those 27-inch panels. I guess they must have gotten a good price or something. They, uh, yeah, got a good price at the factory. Uh, Not sure. I mean... Apple has plenty of other ways of making sure they have a sufficient uh, profit margin. Otherwise, if you if you look at memory upgrades, storage upgrades, so I'm not too concerned about them uh, chiseling away the profit margins on their desktop computers. I did see rather a dumb review of the 5K iMac just the other day, and they complained because, gee, Apple's not offering one with a standard display. Who needs a 5K display? It's just a niche product. And I thought, well, wait a minute. It's the same price as last year for the regular display. Why not have the extra pixels? You're not paying extra for them. (sighs) Yes, I think, you know, I am a skeptic of of 4K displays in general. I mean, Sony has a 4K phone. That's just silly. That's where I'm like, stop. Give it a rest. Find some other spec to compete on. Um But yeah, I mean, one thing when I do replace this first gen 2012 iPad mini, it will be nice to have a retina display because there you do really notice it. You know, when I'm reading text, I I usually have to like slightly enlarge a web page for the text not to look blurry. I won't have to do that on whatever configuration of the iPad mini 4 I get. So I guess we're going to have 4K and 5K and somebody will bring out 8K. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've had those displays uh, shown off at CES, the National Association of Broadcasters show. And man, I I've, if you think I'm a skeptic about 4K, when I see people doing these rig demos showing how much better 8K is than 4K, using completely nonsense material like, look at how great stock tables look, that makes me kind of hate the entire electronics industry. I mean, that is ridiculous. Maybe there's a market for that in professional use or you know, ginormous sets, 80 inches or larger. But as far as the mass market, 8K, go away. I have no interest in ever hearing from you again. 
It'll be here. It'll be here. But you see, the other problem with 4K TV is that to get the real benefit, you need the wider color gamut, don't you? Well, that that is one thing that is making 4K itself more relevant. HDR, high dynamic range, which same basic idea as what HDR does to pictures you take with your phone, where you basically sort of, instead of just being in this kind of set range, you get a little bit more from both ends and you get a picture that is much more like what you see with your own eyes. And in the TV realm, HDR has the advantage of being something you can actually see from the average couch, even on a smaller screen where otherwise 4K would be a waste. Uh, So on the one hand, I think this is a good, healthy development for 4K. Focus on things people can actually see. Crazy thought in TV marketing, I know. On the other hand, this is going to make me wait even further because right now HDR is an upsell feature. It's not something you're going to get on those $700, $800 4K sets you see at Walmart or Costco. And the key is here, that's what makes the biggest difference in 4K, assuming you have, of course, the source material. Right. And now we're still working on that. Uh, like Blu-ray, at, uh, when I went to the IFA trade show in Berlin in September, they had the formal announcement that, yes, we will have 4K, 4K HDR Blu-ray discs on sale early next year. Samsung showed off one playing, you know, a highlight reel of clips. Panasonic showed off one that was under glass, not doing anything. So it's coming. Uh, you know, you'd be able to get it via streaming media. They're, they're working on redoing the entire broadcast TV spec to accommodate 4K and HDR, although that's a whole other ball of wax. Talk to me about that next year. Well, I think we're having fun. Earlier this episode with Josh Sanders, we talked about the current TV season. We're, we're having fun where a presidential candidate, Jeb Bush, says that one of the stars of a TV series, Supergirl, Melissa Benoist, is hot. I'll have to check out that episode. <laughs> On CBS, Monday evenings. In any case, we're just advertising a show. I think I just got access to the CBS press site so we can take a look at all the press materials and everything. So there you go. All right, let's get on here with Apple's product introductions briefly. Of course, we have the new iMac, and we also had new input devices. Have you got a chance to look into those? Yeah, so when I was at the store, I I took a break from gawking at the new iMac screen and and checked out the... uh, the new keyboard, I'm not really sold on so much, mainly because it's got the same sort of reduced travel as, I guess, the new MacBook keyboard. There's no numeric keypad, which bothers me. And in general, like, I don't need my keyboard to be wireless. Like, that's, I've had enough fun with a Bluetooth mouse where, if nothing else, I can at least use the keys on the USB connected keyboard to force it to reconnect. Um, and plus, wired keyboards have two extra USB ports. Kind of handy since. Now Apple has confined all of them to the back of the computer. Uh, the new mouse, I mean, it's nice that it charges much quicker. Like I've gotten way too used to the routine of, and I guess the battery life is longer than with double A's. As I speak, I'm looking at the double A charger I have permanently plugged into the outlet next to the desk. But people have been justifiably making fun of Apple for how you recharge this new magic mouse. It's it's a lightning cable. Why can't you use standard USB-C or micro-USB completely escapes me that is directly underneath it, so it's impossible to use it and recharge it at the same time. That is so weird. And I got a complete collection just the other day from Apple. So I have the keyboard, I have the mouse, 
and I have the Magic Trackpad that I haven't tried yet. I've got the keyboard set up as we speak. Hey, I've, I've got the trackpad the, does seem like nice. Seems like it's nice. I just haven't spent enough time. Right. I haven't tried it. it yet. It would be my first experience, official experience with the force touch. But my response to this mouse is meet the new mouse. Same as the old mouse. Sounds like an old who song <laughs> and forgetting the funky way of charging it. Plugging the lightning cable, the plug into the bottom of it. Other than that funky method, Pairing is seamless because the act of plugging it in to your Mac charges it. The other thing that actually isn't bad is that if you're like me, you've got your charging cable for your iPhone or your iPad connected to your Mac anyway. So it's the same cable. And maybe that's Apple's theory. They figure, well, you already got your iPhone charging cable probably plugged there because at night you'll plug it into your iPhone. So now you could plug it into your Magic Mouse and get a month of usage. We'll have to see. Apple, however, is only letting me have it for two weeks, so I have to ask him for a longer loan. The new keyboard, the lightning cable is at the rear, so it's not so bad. Now, in using it, I didn't find the feel to be altogether different, forgetting the shorter travel. It didn't feel much different from the regular keyboard, except a bit more stable because the keys don't move up and down. Oh, yeah, like the little sort of side-by-side. They're by more side, side, There's no side-by-side. Side. Very little side-by-side side motion. The keys are a little bit larger. Now, I'm not a fan of Apple's wireless keyboard or any of the Apple desktop keyboards. I tend to use the... Matthias keyboard, the one that uses the old restyled ALP switches from the oh, extended so keyboard. Oh, clack to it. Right, except the difference is they've got a, a quiet version of those. So they're not as noisy. And that's what I use now. It's called the Quiet Pro. That's a standard USB cable. So it plugs into your USB hub or your Mac or PC. And it has the extra ports and everything like that. Oh, good. So it's a really good keyboard, but because I'm reviewing this product, I'm playing with Apple to see if I can get used to it. And that's the big thing here. I'm used to the long travel, the traditional touch. Remember, for years, I used an IBM Selectric back in the 70s (laughs) and 80s. So I'm very, very used to a traditional keyboard. I got used to the Apple Extended Keyboard too, And Edgar Matthias was very smart in developing that product, the Tactile Pro, because he wanted to keep that same feel for those who want that kind of product. So that's very helpful. It's also helpful to remind you to go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com to check out our new service called Tech Night Owl Plus. We give you an ad-free version of this show, free of 41 minutes of network ads. Better quality sound, so you hear the Robust voice of people like Rob Peguerero and Josh Centers. I sound the same no matter what. Lifetime subscriptions now offered. And more, a Tech Night Owl Minute, for example. Go to plus.technightowl.com. More with Rob Peguerero on the other side of the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We continue with Rob Peguerrero, and we're covering right now Apple's new input devices. So, I guess if you like the old... Apple keyboard, you'll like the new one. If you don't, you won't. Does that answer that pretty much? The the old Apple uh, wireless keyboard versus the, the new one? I'm speaking of the previous model. Yeah. And with the mouse, the only difference, other than the charging, is that Apple made a big deal about the two feet and the design of them. So it's less rough on a surface, so it seems smoother. Is that worth buying a new mouse for or a new Mac? No. But there you go. Yeah, I'm looking at my own. Uh, you know, I just wish the thing, the Bluetooth would stay connected more reliably, although I guess the fact that this iMac is so old, it doesn't support Bluetooth low energy. That probably has some correlation to it. Because, yeah, whether every now and then it will just, like, keep losing the connection and then drop it multiple times over the next 10 minutes until I swear at it enough times, and then it, it starts working again, as if by magic. That's why they use the word magic. Yes. Dark magic, I guess. Very dark magic because it doesn't work. Speaking of things working, this week Apple was busy with updates for El Capitan 10.11.1. Oh, give me a break. We've escaped the uh, decimal math here. (laughs) I like to escape, but in a different place. (laughs) Okay, and then iOS 9.1. Now, before we go on, 
other than looking at the new features, which in El Capitan's case fixes a problem with Office 2016, a problem with Apple Mail that's not fixed on my Mac anyway, what's your perception at this point about the quality of these two releases? I've heard mixed responses. Yeah, it's problematic. Um, so like Mail, I use Mail with a uh, Google Apps account. And uh, let me just check right now to see if one of my not-so-favorite bugs is still around. Talking about spontaneity, folks. Yes. So you see, they may have fixed this where you would delete a message and then it would be removed from your inbox the way it should. And then it would reappear for a second and then it would get brushed away, which I know Google doesn't quite use completely, you know, factory spec IMAP for its synchronization. But it's kind of a major mail provider. Apple has the resources to bug test it. Shouldn't have to wait for an update for that. The autocorrect in OS X, I finally turned it off. It is the most annoying, intrusive, and pointless interruption of my work since Clip It for uh, Microsoft Office. Dear Apple, if I'm typing something and I start with a capital letter, it's probably a not proper name. You should butt out. <laughs> and instead, it just doesn't. It's so slow to learn, no matter how many times I hit escape. Not command Z. Can't even use a standard shortcut for that. It keeps trying to like redo its correction. And so I finally got tired of that. My blood pressure has dropped considerably by not having Apple inflict this bossy, stupid control freak feature on me. Like they should, I wish Apple would do, you know, standard usability testing, which is just stand beside a, behind a one way mirror, watch the user try to use their software. Because I don't think. There can't be anyone on God's green earth who thinks this is a good autocorrect feature. Well, it sounds like what Microsoft does. Microsoft claims to do focus group testing, but you wonder what focus group they used to design Windows 8. Yeah, well, I think it was a focus group that only had touchscreen devices. If they'd, had, if they'd only had a focus group of people using it on like last year's ThinkPad or Dell or whatever, they might have had a different attitude on it. Let's see, what else has sort of bothered me about... Um, I'll cap it on. Now, I've gotten mixed reactions. The one thing I do know that's significant is that the rating at the App Store is higher. With Yosemite at the beginning, it was like three stars. I yeah. think it got to close to three and a half by the time the last release came out. With El Capitan, it's four stars. That's pretty good. Yeah. Like, there's some issues I've seen that have sort of persisted. Like, I went through a lot of time trying to get Time Machine to resume backing up my stuff just because it would not actually work as advertised, which is delete old backups to make room for new ones. Instead, it would just say not enough room. I'm like, the backup volume is identical to the size of the computer's hard drive, and I'm not backing up the system files. You know, I know you need some overhead, but come on, how much... And so it was about a week and a half of increasing anxiety before I could get this thing to do a proper backup cycle. Um, photos for OS X, uh, not so happy with it. You know, the, the geotag support for it is embryonic. You have to, you can't just, you know, select a place on a map. You need to type a location, see what part of the world it suggests, and then you can drag the push pin. Um, deleting files takes weirdly long. A lot of the organization features you had in iPhoto, like you know, ratings from one to five stars, flagging photos are gone. So I'm actually really thinking of just going back to iPhoto for now. I know it's it's orphaned, it's not going to get any better, but it seems Apple is repeating the journey it went through with iMovie where it, and I guess iWork, where it takes an old app, which needed some refreshing and just blows it up 
recodes it from scratch in really primitive state. And then we have to wait for it to flow these features back in. And yeah, like I know there, there are some things photos does better than others. Like photo, photos does better than iPhoto, like grouping selfies taken with, you know, my iPad, my wife's iPhone, that that's not what I need so bad. And of course the other reality is the more photos I take with mobile devices of one sort or another, the less important this desktop bound app gets. But in the meantime, I do have a real camera and I would like a capable program to let me organize and edit the pictures I take with it. This is always true with Apple. We'll go on to the features. They totally redesign an app, like with iMovie and with iWork. And they take out features and then slowly they add them back. It's like water torture, like with pages and keynote. It's the same movie every time. And they have added back, I think, all those features and more. Somebody should do here, – here's a story assignment for anybody listening. Figure out the average time for Apple to – when it does this, we had to destroy the app in order to save it routine. What, how long do you have to wait to get back to feature parity involving the features you actually used? Because it's clearly not – you know the first version that's released of the the redone app or the 1.1 release of the redone app, do you have to wait until 1.5 or whatever the equivalent number is? I just want to know, like, at what point will, will I not question my wisdom in using photos instead of iPhoto? Well, I wasn't a deep power user of pages, so it didn't matter. With iPhone and photos, didn't matter. Again, I wasn't the power user. I'm not the, that target audience. So it really didn't bother me so much. But I understand that people are concerned when Apple pulls that stunt. Yeah. And you'd think they they would have the resources to, you know, get a bunch of developers and make sure this has, you know, we're at least at something like minimum viable product when you have the resources of an Apple. I would hope. I don't yep. like it when Apple pulls that stunt. That's something that I just do not like. In any case here, overall, let's compare El Capitan and iOS 9 to last year, iOS 8, Yosemite. Do you think it's more stable? Both releases? I would say, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely seeing fewer complaints. With iOS 8, there were all these people complaining about things like it was making them, them nauseous. <laughs> you know, my argument with iOS 9, which you briefly mentioned before... You know, I get that there's some things that require computing resources beyond what this now three-year-old iPad mini can bring to the table. So, sure, proactive assistant, I guess that's kind of complicated. Transit directions in maps? Because, you know, Google's been doing that <laughs> for a whole lot longer. I don't think it's that hard. And if it is that hard, it can't be that hard for Apple to say, hey, you don't get transit directions in maps. I spent a long, about a day or so thinking, what am I doing wrong? Didn't realize it's just not there. I had fun documenting it. And, you know, I guess as a professional journalist, I should be happy Apple doesn't document its stuff properly so I can do its job and sell stories about that to paying clients. But come on. I think what bothers me about what Apple does is that their documentation really sucks, especially for maintenance updates. Yeah. I think I remember joking on, on Twitter with Adam Engst, Josh Jenner's colleague at uh, Tidbits. Well, no, this is part of Apple's scheme of crowdsourcing its documentation. <laughs> we have Rob Pegarero. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. 
If your Mac has slowed down or isn't performing like it used to, there's a smart alternative to buying a new machine thanks to OWC. With easy do-it-yourself upgrades for every Mac, OWC has what you need to get the most from your computer. From memory and SSDs to ultra-fast external storage, take it from me. You'll discover all the ways you can upgrade your Mac today at MacSales.com. That's MacSales.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 Pain Relief Hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait you can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Paid not attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. You wouldn't go swim with the sharks without a cage, would you? Hey, has anyone seen Larry? It's in our nature to protect ourselves, especially when protection is simple and affordable. That's why IDStronghold.com has been providing affordable RFID protection for over 10 years. ID Stronghold wallets protect you from electronic pickpockets who pass near you with a scanner and steal your credit and debit card info, as well as data from other cards containing RFID chips. IDStronghold.com, the original maker of shielded wallets, is a technology company, so we understand how to best protect you against intrusive radio waves. ID Stronghold wallets are designed to block RFID signals, open or close, no matter where in the wallet you put your cards. Most other RFID wallets on the market were designed with only fashion in mind and don't shield properly, if at all. If you're shopping for your next wallet, be sure to get the protection you deserve by going to IDStronghold.com because getting anything else is like being the next victim in a Jaws movie. It's time to kick some ash because cigarettes have met their match. Smokers are switching to Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig because when you kick ash, you kick tar and smelly smoke too. LaSig smokes the competition with real people customer service, a seven-day satisfaction guarantee, and same-day fast-free shipping. Become a vapor today at LaSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com. LaSig e-cigarettes. Kick some ash. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. On the Tech Night Owl Live, we have Rob Pegarero, and we're covering the tech stuff from Apple and more. Just quickly, we really hadn't planned on this, but maybe you can give me an observation. With regard to Windows 10, yeah. and the number of people who've downloaded it is over 100 million. I have some concerns I want to voice in a moment. How stable was it for you when it was released in July, July 29th or 28th? The reason I mentioned that is because I read a couple of articles from people who are Windows supporters who said, stay away for a while, let Microsoft get rid of the worst bugs. What do you think? I don't know. I, I went ahead and installed it because on the one hand, the, the machine in question is this really old 2011 vintage ThinkPad. I don't use that much. So if, if I break the laptop, I, I would not be crying about it. Uh, on the other hand, you know, yeah, Windows 8 had never been that great of a fit on the device. Just the the cognitive load between switching between the the modern tile touchscreen first interface and the Windows desktop was bothering me. Yeah, so I thought, well, I know what the worst that can happen is, and I'm okay with that. Let's see how it works. And the install was fine. There was no real drama to it. Uh, you know, I can't quite get Cortana to work, which is probably a reflection of the really slow AMD processor in this laptop, where I just, in my defense, I bought this laptop when I was, by any reasonable definition, unemployed. So I went with the entry-level configuration, but... IBM, I'm sorry, Lenovo should not have sold it in an entry-level configuration. Well, but yeah. of course, yeah, but the PC makers will sell anything in any configuration that somebody will buy. Right. And of course, were we not before talking about Apple selling this nice new 4K iMac with a 5400 RPM hard drive that every reviewer said, come on, you can't put that in here. That's just wrong. And what's the difference in price? $10? For hard drive? Yeah. I mean, they're... It reminds me, remember when the the first version of the Apple TV had a 40-gig hard drive for so long, and I started wondering, where is Apple even finding them? Do they have, like, some shipping container full of them that they got at closeout? Because you can't even, at the time, you couldn't even buy a 40-gig hard drive from anywhere. That is so strange, yeah. They might have the big box, and remember this, too. How many of those old Apple TVs did they sell? So if Apple has, you know, 5 or 10 million old hard drives, no big deal. yeah. But what about the Apple TV? Let's get to that because we were talking about 4K TV before. And we have the Roku 4, 4K TV. We have the new Amazon Fire TV, 4K. And we understand part of the problem here where neither of those products supports HDR color or any of these enhanced color gamuts. They're giving you 4K period for the one or two movies available online that have 4K. Yeah, I I wouldn't pay extra for that feature right now. Is Apple not supporting 4K in this new Apple TV, part of the problem that the standards, especially the enhanced color, are still somewhat in flux? Yeah, I think that's a lot of it. I mean, they've been kind of conservative in general. They, they took them, I guess, when, when did the Apple TV, the not the upcoming version, the current model, get 1080p support? That took a while as well. That was 2012. Yeah, well and I had a 1080p, 1080p TV back in, oh, 2007, 2008. I think 2009 in my case, because that became a free feature. So I would guess two years from now, Apple will have a big, splashy product event in San Francisco where they can talk about the new 4K Apple TV as if they've just discovered 4K. 
And who knows, by then maybe we'll, enough people will have sufficiently reliable bandwidth where Netflix doesn't even buffer and stumble all the time that that would be something people will want. Maybe it's upgradable, the current model. I don't know. That's, um, you know, the processor better have, you know, enough cycles available to decode 4K. It has the A8 processor. Yeah. Now, Apple has not enabled that in last year's iPhones. They waited to the A9 processor. But I had heard, and, you know, when you hear something, who knows? Who knows how true it is? Yeah. I had heard that there was support for 4K. It was just not turned on. And here's part of the problem, too. Apple makes a big deal of announcing a brand new, touch-sensitive, Siri-enabled Apple TV. Will they then have people buy this and one year later offer a brand new version? I think people are going to be upset. Well, yeah, but they get away with that with every other mobile device. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, somebody... Actually, I should have... I fixed it already did that teardown of an Apple TV and and I guess got... Uh, got scolded, got their knuckles wrapped by Apple for doing the teardown on the developer unit they got. They were on our show last week, by the way. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're good folks. So I guess if you need enough processing power, the HDMI output has to be at the proper spec for for 4K. Right. They offer 1.4, which gives you 30 frames at 4K. You want HDMI 2.0, which is 60 frames. On the other hand, is the HDMI standard upgradable in software? I don't think so, because there were a lot of first-gen TVs that had the exact issue. Like, they had 4K support in the sense that for a defined subset of content sources, you could get 4K in the screen, but there was they didn't have the interconnects to plug in someone else's box, you know, whether it was streaming media or some other random uh, tuner or whatever. So they were 4K sets that, strictly speaking, couldn't actually play 4K video. And, you know, if, if there were a way to upgrade the HDMI connections on those to 2.0, somebody would have done it just to avoid the whole, you know, egg on your face effect for the manufacturers. I suppose, but I also suppose Apple can do things that other manufacturers don't do. You know, no, I'm no, not no. saying HDMI it can't spec, be done. Um, I think part of it is here, is it something in the connector that's different or is it all the firmware or the back end? Considering this is a connector where Hollywood has some input into the uh content control mechanisms i'm pretty sure i don't know if it were software upgradable it would be something that anybody could do like it's it's not saying where apple can say oh no we can do this but no one else can so put put me there as as a you can grade me on this in a year or two from now that when apple tv supports 4k it will be because there's a new model that has you know various other improvements and tweaks and whatnot i think people this year will be upset though with that consideration. Also, even though logically speaking, it's not a difference. Logically speaking, downloading 4K is not really going to present much of any advantage to anybody, even with a 4K set. On the other hand, Apple doesn't look good, and they should respond to that in some way. Yeah, but there's so many other cases where they're, they're willing to sort of take the PR hit of not looking good. So, Well, I'm, yes, I'm but not... you see, in terms of LTE... They came out with the reasons, which is, of course, that battery life was worse. They were waiting for things to improve. They're, you know, they were not dishonest about it. But nobody's asking Apple, okay, where's the 4K? When's it going to come? Can we upgrade this? What's your plan? And see what they say. If they say we're not going to mention future products, 
then you assume it's not going to be upgradable. If they mm-hmm. say something like, obviously, we're always looking into ways of making our products better, you think, hey, maybe that was the design. I don't know. We'll see. You know, that's my, my head is officially taxed trying to figure out, you know, what's the state of the the next. I mean, like I said before, I'm, I'm still on the fence about what my next desktop will be when I should buy it. And that's something where I've got, you know, been following Apple's moves in desktops and laptops for, oh, since like 1989, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go and break here. Rob Pegarero is here. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hi, I'm Rick Osick with Famous Footwear. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies? That's why we support the March of Dimes in the fight against premature birth. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment programs, and outreach to help moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Learn how you can help save babies' lives at marchofdimes.org. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV it's time to kick some ash because cigarettes have met their match. Smokers are switching to Vapriot e-liquid by La Cig because when you kick ash, you kick tar and smelly smoke too. La Cig smokes the competition with real people customer service, a seven-day satisfaction guarantee, and same-day fast free shipping. Become a vapor today at LaCig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com. La Cig e-cigarettes, kick some ash. My name is Don Wiskin, and at 42 years old, I suffered a massive heart attack and was told I'd be on disability for the rest of my life. What did I do? I created Extendivite, a garlic and cayenne mix of seven herbs which rebuilt my heart and gave me back my life. For over 17 years now, I have made this formula available to you so you don't have to suffer the same thing I did. 
clean your blocked arteries and strengthen your heart and boost your natural immune system. I'm 60 years old now, and I still work every day. To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Extend your life with Extendivite. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. With Rob Pegarero, two more segments on the Tech Night Isle Live, and we're focusing on the new stuff from Apple, the software updates, and all that good stuff. Apple Watch continuing to get updates. The Watch OS has been updated again. Do you have an Apple Watch? I do not. I do not have an iPhone. So um, I've, I've played around with other people's. I don't have anyone's smartwatch. The The whole idea, I... Um you know, I like the concept. I like the fact that I have this, that you have this display on your, your wrist that's always on, hopefully, and, you know, let you know when important stuff happens. But everyone I've tried, the notifications have been like way too wide open. You really need to sort of control what actually makes its way to your wrist. Battery life is not what it should be. Recharging is not what it should be. And yeah, it's one of those cases where I have a much easier time coming up with the reasons why the next generation might be so much better than what we have now then coming with reasons to decide that, you know, yes, it's time. And I, I realize it's a character defect of mine. I, I took forever to get an HGTV for the same reason. Didn't buy an iPad until the iPad. Well, no, I got my wife the iPad 2. So we waited a year for that. And then for myself, I waited, I guess, another year and a half between the uh, 2 coming out and the iPad mini coming out. And now I've gone, I guess, three years with the iPad mini. And but by waiting that long, I'm going to get one with a Retina display, Touch ID, the better camera on the full-size on the iPad Air. So, you know, I like to, what my whole upgrade strategy is to kind of look at the device I just bought and set a bunch of really impossible picky requirements. Like this, this replacement better be twice as fast, twice the storage, have all these other features, like maybe not have to use a password to unlock it. And if I wait long enough, my irrational and just greedy demands will be satisfied with the gadget industry. And then I feel like I've won. I'll tell you something. Here's the watch I own. I've had a watch since I was 10 or 12. I have a Walmart watch. I don't know the brand name. I bought it at Walmart for $12.88. Bought, what, six months ago? Something like that, When the before the Apple Watch was first announced. Standard quartz watch, stainless steel Actually, uh, it's pretty much scratch-free. I'm checking it right now, and it looks to be almost hmm. scratch-free. It's a pretty good watch. As of today, it's about 18 seconds fast. I set the time perfectly Just six or eight months ahead ago. Of time. Slightly ahead, which is not bad. This way I can arrive before I plan to, and that's always good. 
Now, my wife is a person who sets her clocks all around the house five minutes late. So when it's 6.30, it says 6.35. This way, if she's late, she's really earlier on time. I do not understand that. But the point being here is, I suppose I would review one of these days an Apple Watch. But the case for me going out and physically paying $349 plus. And up. (laughs) And up because I get the larger watch, which would be the 399 version, the 42 millimeter version. Maybe not a fancy bracelet unless somebody wants to buy me a present. Mm -hmm. I can't make the case for it. I'm sitting here with a regular watch and I look at it and, oh, here's a time and let me get on with my business. I haven't made the case. Now, obviously, Apple's at the beginning of a technology and maybe they will have an answer and maybe they will eventually reach the mass market here. It's already reported that watch sales are down. Traditional watch sales are down and they're blaming Apple Watch. Mm, I don't think it's just Apple. Although, what is the current number of Apple Watch sales out there? I don't, I guess. There is no official number. It's like the official number of Kindle sales? Well, the unofficial estimates for the first quarter were between three and four million. The unofficial estimates for the second quarter were closer to four million. I would think that if this does well at all, it would be during the holiday quarter. But Apple is not going to say anything unless sales are really way, way beyond expectations. Until then, you're not going to hear anything. Yeah. In fact, the signal of that is what they say. And by the way, I wanted to ask you this. So there goes Apple Watch. What about Apple Car? You know, some thought that Apple Car, if it comes out, would be like an answer. Apple's version of Tesla. But Tesla now has a problem where... Consumer Reports rates their reliability much worse than average. Now, Consumer Reports is not testing reliability themselves. They have a questionnaire, a reader's questionnaire, and they give you categories where you indicate the problem areas. Now, the problem with that survey is it doesn't explain how severe the problem is. You know, somebody hears a rattle, and maybe it's gone next week, or maybe you take it to the dealer, and they see something is loose, and they tighten something on the dash panel or something. And the rattle is gone. But officially, you had a rattle in your car. So you check the box, rattle. Or you heard some noise from the transmission and they adjusted something. Are you a serious subscriber? I've never actually, I'm not. So I've never gotten one of their reader surveys. I don't actually know how they work. Well, it's basically check boxes. It's not severity of problem or anything. It is, have you had this problem, basically? List all Mm. the problems you've had. And I'll give you an example of that. I had a Kia here for a couple of years. And with the Kia, I thought it was a very reliable car, but I had some weird problem where in the morning the car would not start. That's a problem. (laughs) Yes. And then the second time it would start. And why? Because when you start up the engine, there's some kind of switch under the transmission that allows you to, when the car, actually the car would start so much, but I couldn't back it up. I couldn't put it in gear. That's the problem. So I couldn't put it into gear after starting up in the morning. And apparently there's some kind of solenoid or switch that is enabled when you first start it up and you put the transmission in reverse and you're able to back out. It wouldn't go in reverse the transmission because this particular switch wasn't being released. So they replaced the switch, which is a $53 product, which, of course, is covered under warranty. If it was out of warranty, it'd be $53 plus, what, a half hour for the dealer to install it, if that It's a fairly quick thing. You stick it up on the lift, you do that. All right. I had a transmission problem on that car, according to Consumer Reports. 
because this was a switch that worked with the transmission assembly. It was just a little $53 switch. So this is the problem I have with consumer reports. There's no gray area, no granularity with their ratings. It doesn't mean that it isn't good to know a potential trouble spot. All right. Maybe there'll be something with the radio. Maybe it's something with rattles, with the body integrity and hardware is what they call it, where you get squeaks and rattles or wind noise or something like that. That's important. It's important to know. But it only tells you the broad outlines of what's going on. That's why I have a problem. Anyway, Tesla is dinged with being much worse than average. They claim, well, it's the first cars that were shipped and we got things fixed up and cleaned up and everything. But people will still report they had those problems. But now you look at Apple. If Apple wants to be a car company, it's not so easy. I mean, how many new car companies have started up in the last 50 years? Oh, lots. The, the hard part is not starting up, but staying in business. That's the second part of the question. How many of those car companies that started up in the last 50 years are still here? We're talking about 1965. All right? Yeah. How many car companies? Remember DeLorean? We think about DeLorean now because of the <laughs> Back to the Future movies. Exactly. Which actually came out when that car was pretty much gone. What happened to that car? It was well-reviewed, but John DeLorean got arrested for selling cocaine or something. It turned out that he was found innocent eventually, I think. But that killed the company because it came at a critical point where they're raising capital, they're establishing a dealer network and everything. And maybe if they left him alone for five years, we'd still be driving DeLoreans instead of, you know, stuff at the old car shows or something like that. That's probably one of the most recent car companies. A few others were established. They didn't go anywhere. Volkswagen is actually a fairly new car company. They were actually founded under the Nazi regime in 1937. See, I know this stuff. Mm -hmm. All right. (laughs) Okay, so Tesla seems to be doing fairly well with the normal growing pains. But they also got a 103 out of 100 rating from Consumer Reports. So they get the reliability fixed. I think they're in good stead. If they can get their products out, they're in good stead. So in our final segment of the show with Rob Pegarero, the question will be, is this a place Apple wants to go and can Apple do it? I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many 
formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light system today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Before using hardened body extract, my energy level was very, very low. I could only walk a few feet and then would have to sit down. I was tired and lethargic. But after taking hardened body extract, my energy level has improved greatly, and I can now walk longer distances without getting tired so fast. Thank you, hardened body extract. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Now we know that setting up 
car manufacturing and service and everything else, billions and billions of dollars, just like Carl Sagan said, billions and billions and years of work. But there's this rumored Project Titan from Apple. Is this what they want to do? What do you think? I don't know. Like, I'm kind of at a loss for why they feel the need to do that besides... Because, I don't know, like Google, at least, they're doing the same thing. But they, they said for a while, we're doing these moonshots where we think we can make a really huge difference. And plus, arguably, Google has been trying to sort of automate getting us around the world for years, over a decade now. Uh, Apple's attempt at mapping is much more recent and much more problematic. Look at iOS 9 and El Capitan. Oh, wow. Maps does transit in like eight American cities. They got a ways to catch up. It's going yeah, to take them but- years. They added Boston. They added Amtrak. Yes. Nice of that. Yeah. I admit there are lots of parts of the standard car UX that could be improved in Apple for all the scripts they've made lately and, and stuff like, say, the autocorrect in OS X El Capitan, that they could they could do some good there. But it's not an easy field to get into. And arguably, they have so much money that they could do all sorts of things. Maybe they have a private space program they haven't told us about yet. If so, neat. They want um, to go to Mars. Right. So, yeah, I'm not quite sure of what the, the sense of mission there is, given that they have a history of, you know, not really being so keen on interoperability. So, like, I'm almost afraid to figure out what's going to be the gotcha with an Apple car, you know, and in what way am I not going to be able to use it with non-Apple devices? I mean, obviously, I think we can, we can probably assume that support for Android Auto will not be a dealer option, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I don't need Apple to make everything in my life. And we've seen in the past, you know, the, the, there was, you know, Apple's ventured into TVs and, and video game consoles that didn't go well. There's something to be said for, for recognizing that you don't have to provide every solution to all of your customers' problems. And, and when I see people saying, oh, you know, people said the same thing when Apple got into phones. No, it's not the same thing. You know, the phone market was hugely broken and Apple wasn't in a position to do something to fix it. And, you know, if you screw up with a phone, people don't die. (laughs) So it's not the same thing. You can't, you know, show the quotes from Steve Ballmer about the iPhone and say, oh, Detroit's saying the same thing now. No, that's just getting into Apple triumphalism to say that Apple will do just as well in cars as it did in phones. Nope, that's being way too confident. So, yeah, put me down as a skeptic. Well, here's the thing, too. Remember, with an iPhone, it works with the existing structure of Apple. You go to an Apple store, you buy an iPhone. You come up with an Apple Watch. Okay, it's now an Apple Watch. And then in terms of getting software, it's all handled through the same mechanism with similar or the same development teams. You know, it's all related to OS X and everything. And the hardware development feeds into Apple's current supply chain system with a car you can't sell it to the Apple store. You have to have a separate way of selling it. Yep. Do you set up a separate third-party dealer network traditionally? Well, no, because that system is broken. I mean, tell me that for most people, even if you do the internet deal to get a car, tell me if that system is easy. It's a mess. Yeah. It is a messy system. It is not friendly. You go in to buy a car, and if you just happen to get what you want, and they say, you know, we'll have you out in a half an hour. Add three hours to that. They will keep you waiting and waiting. And even if you make the deal online, as I've done in the past, you go to the dealership, it's still three hours. They can't help but do that. It doesn't work. The traditional system doesn't work. 
that ought to be fixed. Will Tesla be the one that fixes? But Apple has to start from scratch. Yeah, you know, and, and it's Tesla, like it's, it's like building a whole new set of Apple stores, but on a massive scale, setting oh, up production and- lines or licensing facilities from another company. But still, you know, Apple has the resources to do it if they want. Well, imagine also if when Apple was opening its stores, which is another area where they did get mocked a lot by the incumbents, if there were actually laws prohibiting them from doing so. You know, if you had to sell computers through a third-party dealer, which is the reality in a lot of states, and Tesla has spent a lot of money on lobbying at the state and local level, which is really messy, and and Apple has finally gotten around to, you know, sending lots of people to D.C. to try to argue its case, and I hope to do well because Apple has a lot of good ideas in there and Topics like, you know, encryption and privacy, you know, they just came out against the uh, CISA, the, the latest cybersecurity bill, which would, you know, authorize a lot of information sharing and, and have a lot of your data potentially flow to the NSA. No kidding. And Apple has said, we don't think this is a good approach. Uh, you know, Apple's kind of come to, the, come to grips with the reality of, like, making sure it has its say in D.C. You ready to do that in all 50 state capitals? And, and this is a company that does not like people that are gatekeepers in the way of whether or not it can, you know, do it at once. That, that's why, you know, when it made a phone, it insisted on having total veto power. That's why there is, there is no Apple TV that works with cable TV because, you know, Comcast isn't going to let Apple say what its interface should look like. And Apple is sure as hell not going to give Comcast that kind of control over its interface. I agree with you. On the other hand, they're doing something. We know they're doing something. Because Tim Cook says they're very interested in the car. Is it just CarPlay, a more enhanced version of CarPlay, licensing technology to automakers for their entire infotainment and digital readout system, their electronics? No, I don't think that would be part of it. But there has to be something going on there. Will they want to be another Tesla? I don't know. Is this a red herring? Or are they devoting these resources because they realize... They need to do something in this space, and they're not really sure what they're going to do yet. But they want to be able to do test projects and prototypes and things like that. I have no idea. What do you think? Yeah, no, I'm not quite sure what makes Apple think they need to do this compared to one area where they have put a lot of their own resources already is into clean power. You know, if anything, the area where I would be much less surprised to see them compete with Tesla would be things like power storage. You know, where's their version of Tesla's power wall? Which, you know, a friend of mine was saying, I've been thinking of getting a whole home generator, but I'll just buy one of these instead. That'll be cheaper. And you want to have this thing that puts all this polluting smoke out and costs so much more and makes all this noise. And the other issue here is, too, it's an electric car. Do you share the charging stations from Tesla? You sign a deal. So both Tesla and Apple cars can work off the same charging stations. He says, standard. This is Apple. Of course, they're not going to do that. They're going to have oh, some version of the stupid right. lightning cable. <laughs> right. But the problem with that is, with a regular car, you go anywhere to get gas. And some yeah. of those gas stations have diesel fuel. So the question here is, yes, Apple wants to have a proprietary lightning charging cable for your Apple car. But that can't work. The only way these electric cars will work is to have everybody agree to a standard so Wherever you are, you can get your auto charge. We can go on for another week on that discussion alone. Rob Peguerero, please tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. Uh, you can find me at, on the web at robpeguerero.com. I'm on Twitter as at Rob Peguerero, and, and that handle reaches me most places in general. Uh, I'm at Yahoo at yahoo.com slash tech, at USA Today at usatoday.com slash tech. 
You can find us on Twitter, where we're known as Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. Look for Gene Steinberg on Facebook. If the guy is wearing a plaid shirt, no doubt he's me. We also have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called The Paracast at Paracast.com. This week we feature an old friend of mine. I've known this guy for years and years and years. You've seen him on TV, Stanton T. Friedman. He's a nuclear physicist who just happens to chase UFOs at Paracast.com. Also, please check out our premium service and our new feature, a non-scheduled occasional feature called Tech Night Owl Minute at Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com. There you'll find information on how to sign up. We offer monthly plans, $5 a month, cheap, kind of like the old days of Mad Magazine. Our price, cheap, $5 a month, cheap. Or we have a yearly plan, a five-year plan, now a lifetime subscription to Tech Night Owl Plus. And by the way, this show has been on for 13 years. We're not going anywhere. How about that? Lucky 13 years. If you want to get involved, if you want to subscribe, you also get the ad-free version of this show, plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. Rob Peguerrero, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. You're welcome. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.